Hi, Rochelle. Hi, Sonia. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Peaceful. Oh, hey. Not peaceful. I would love some <laughs> peace. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, nice. It's a nice place to be. Good. Tell me more. Uh, I feel in a space of I don't have any drama in my life. Hey. Drama yeah. free. Drama free. And when there are circumstances that arise, I handle them as they should be handled. Maybe I freak out. Maybe I don't. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's a crapshoot. <laughs> it's like a fun game. Is she going to fucking lose it? <laughs> but peace in those situations is good. But peaceful. Hey. Listen. <laughs> and I war- and I typically warn people now, hey, I'm going to lose it. You do. Don't I? You do. So we can prepare. So you can prepare. Okay. <laughs> Let me hold space. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, Rochelle, do you have space? That's usually my opening text from now on. That's, that's always good. Yeah. One thing I heard was, can I sit on your couch? Oh, not a therapist. Yes. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. I love that. Right. I might have to start using that. I know. I thought that was very cool. I've never used it before, but yeah, we're going to start. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. So it's been a very long minute since the last episode, and I will say last season. Last season. Of the re-education of Sonia B. And just to recap, like, what is this podcast about, right? So... When I initially started this podcast, it really was just going to be a 40-something-year-old learning lessons in life. Right, right. And looking looking at things through a new lens. What can I learn about this? Always helpful. What can I obtain from this? Should I let it resonate or should I just leave it alone? All that kind of stuff. And since then, it has kind of morphed into... Not only re-educating myself, but also an evolution of who I am. Right? So I was kind of learning everything in the last season about how to handle things and dating and all these other things, right? Yeah. And it was good. And now in this new space, it's a completely different version of myself. Well. Either way, I'm excited. I love season one, and I am so ready for season two. Yay! Um, So why should people listen to this podcast, right? Like, what's the point? Well, first of all, I'm hilarious. You are. Right? Yep. And if you don't think so, I love that for you. (laughs) And please refer anybody that you think is funnier to me. Now, this excludes... Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, seasoned comedians. I am neither seasoned nor a comedian. (laughs) So I'm just funny. And if you need a laugh, hey, tune into the podcast. Check her out. Check me out. Uh, Why else should people listen? I think hopefully what I can provide for people is you are not alone. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Right? Like whatever you're going through, somebody is also going through it whether it's via my story or even people that will come on the podcast and talk about their stories. I hope I'm hoping people will feel less like, 
I'm the only one going through this or I didn't handle that well or this is what I should have done differently because we're all going through something. Amen. As we know. So that's kind of a little bit why people should listen. But all in all, if you want to get away for a little bit and just listen to somebody else's troubles, like watching Real Housewives anything or anything on Bravo, it's just like a little escape. This is the podcast for you. So the other thing that maybe I didn't express a lot last season was I'm speaking specifically to my experiences. Right. So when I talk about certain people, places, or things, there's always three sides to a story. There's my side, their side, and the truth. What I'm going to be speaking to is my perception of whatever has happened in my life. Got it. So while there may have been other parties that were there that I interacted with, whatever the circumstances, all I can give you is my perspective. Makes sense. This is your re-education. Right. So that's good. Exactly. So that's kind of the baseline that I wanted to set. Um, since we are heading into a new season of the podcast. Okay, so trigger warning as always. We're going to talk about everything. I don't know exactly what's going to come up, but just take care of yourself. If it starts getting too intense, if you're laughing too hard, I'm just kidding. Well, you might. You might be. You might. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you're crying too hard, if it's striking a nerve, please take the opportunity to take care of yourself and stop listening and come back to it or just put it on the shelf for a little bit, whatever you need to do. I don't ever want anybody to be listening and have a nervous breakdown like while they're driving. Not good. No, nobody likes that. Uh, although it would make a good news story. Okay, we're not, we're not going to go just there. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the way. First of all, I don't ever want to go viral in my life. No. I don't ever want to go viral <laughs> for any reason. I know I can hear people that know us well, like, don't put that in the universe. Okay. Don't put in the universe that you don't want to be successful. So let me re- let me rephrase that. Please do. Um, I would prefer for any exposure to be positive Amen. across any type of platform. Is that better? Clear. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so last season on the episodes, or that's not right. Last season on the re-education of Sonia B. Let's do it. Recap. So let me first say the reason I'm saying season, um, for all of the previous episodes is it's not only one season of the podcast, it's a season of my life. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. So I started listening back to them in preparation for recording this one. And (laughs) I realized that listening back to the same circumstances and experiences, I have a completely different perspective (laughs) in this season of how I would have been in those episodes if that does that make sense wow it does completely different completely different interesting some of it is like some of it's recognition of 
oh, I handled that appropriately and I would not take right. that back. Uh, other pieces of it are really just kind of, that is so not a big deal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so, I, I so don't care about that at all. I don't want to die on that hill ever again. <laughs> it's not even worth it. Yeah. So that's why I kind of wanted to package up all of the previous episodes into a season. Got it. So that's kind of the, you know, thought process. Now, why do I have such a different perspective? I'm going to get into that in just a bit, but let's recap from last season. Okay. So last season I was dating. I'm still dating. I'm excited. Have had some very interesting... Yes, uh, developments since then. I'm still single. <laughs> Let me get spoiler alert because I hate when people do that. Right. Spoiler alert. I'm still single. Yeah. So, but we'll talk more about what has happened, what's transpired. Um, and then we talked about taking care of ourselves throughout various seasons of our life, asking for what we need, what's the best way to do that, setting up people to win in our lives so that they can help us through those things. Yeah. You've done very well at that. Thank you. You're welcome. And becoming present to being selfish versus holding a boundary. And while we didn't touch on it directly, there were lots of indirect references to that. Yeah. So, you know, that was a big part of it. And then just so many other nonsensical things. Um, Snowpocalypse. Yeah. That was 2020. That was literally the most ridiculous thing. And, um... My emergency response plan. Yes. How to survive an an intruder. How to survive an intruder with the baby oil. I have since had a few experiences with the emergency action plan. Also did not go well. No baby oil was needed. Correct. Although I did buy mace. You'll have to tell me more about that. Yeah, because mace is... I finally broke down and bought mace. It's good to have. Until the intruder takes it away from you and mace is you. And now you're maced and attacked. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's when you just start praying. (laughs) Not calling on the Lord. Praying with itchy eyes. Praying with itchy eyes. Well, I mean, listen, if that happened, I would knock myself out. I I think I would too. Immediately. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. You can't see. You can't see. So I would rather just knock myself out. Yeah. How, whatever, to whatever depths that takes. Yeah. So, but I'm okay with that, and I've come to terms with it. I've accepted the situation as it has arisen. Not arisen. <laughs> so that is the <laughs> recap of last season. Of course, there was a lot more, but just kind of the gist of it, right? Uh, so last time I was doing the podcast, I was living with my brother and sister-in-law, and my brother, who is eight years younger than me, got diagnosed with brain cancer on October 27th, 2022, and he passed away October 28th, 2023. April 28th. What did I say? October. October. No, it was not seven (laughs) days. It was not one day later. It was not one day later. Thank you for calling that out. People would have been like, oh my gosh. No, no, no. It was six months later, almost to the day. And that is why the podcast is being released on April 28th, 2023. You know, I post most of the time on people who I love when they've passed. I've posted about 
the day that they have passed. Right. And I want to move away from that. Now, not, listen, again, this is my experience. So people live your lives, like do whatever you want to do. For me, it's not that I don't want to acknowledge that day, but I want to do something, I almost said provocative. Oh, that's not, not right. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. I want to do something provocative <laughs> on those days. On the day my grandma passed, I want to do something provocative. Or my brother. Or my brother. That's... <laughs> no. No, stop it. That's not what I meant. Could you imagine? Rewind. Rewind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> provocative. I'm never going to live that down. Um, I want to do something productive. Yeah. And I want April 28th, 2022 to be when he passed away. And I want April 28th, 2023 to be a year that he passed away. And I restarted the podcast and I got back on my fitness, and I started dating productively. I want this day to be a remembrance, not only of who he was, but also what I accomplished. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to honor him and just your journey since season one. So that's amazing. Thank you. You're and welcome. He would want it that way. Yeah. Is, you know, what I used to do. <laughs> I used to watch Still Magnolias and eat my life away on those days. Like legit. Yeah. Eat my life away. I genuinely feel if he saw me doing that, he would be like, "Uh, are you really? (laughs) Are we doing this? Is this what we're doing? And then I would say, Anthony, let me live my life. Because that's what I told him all the time. Because he was on me all the time about something. Um, And then I'd say, let me live my life. And then he would use it against me when I didn't let him live his life. So what was really evident to me on that very last episode of the podcast was I was literally talking about every single thing that was going on except what was going on. Yeah. I think that's commonplace for most people to avoid. So I had this thing about even though or because Anthony was sick and I was helping with the kids and the household and everything like that, I, for some reason, felt like I should not speak on what was happening because it wasn't my story. Like, I wasn't sick with cancer. I wasn't my sister-in-law taking care of him. I wasn't the kids going through it. And so I just really felt it was not my place to say what I was experiencing because what I was experiencing was so small considering what they were going through. Yeah, that's a lot to take on, even from your perspective or your place in that in that family position or space. That's a lot to take on. Right. And, you know, I just I kind of didn't want to talk about it because I didn't know how much they wanted to share. And and what I didn't think about was even though they were in the 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 brunt of it, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was directly impacting their lives it was still impacting and affecting my life. Very much. Very much. And I am single. I don't have any children. I am not married. I have a career that I am very, very dedicated to. And when he got sick, it impacted my life. 100%. Yeah. And for some reason, I had a really hard time admitting that. And I didn't want to talk about it unless I was exploding <laughs> right? because something had happened, whatever that may be, whether it be an argument, 
whether it be stress just piling up from all the things. Because then I was also taking on responsibilities with kids and that responsibility is so huge. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I would worry about them. <laughs> like I I didn't know that I was going to be so oh my gosh, what do we need to do? We're making lunches, we're getting them off to school, we're making sure we don't say the wrong thing cuz then we're meltdown city. So, it was just really really challenging, but again, I didn't want to speak to any of it because I was like I should just be grateful that I'm here and it's not happening to me. Yeah. I mean, outside looking in from my perspective, that whole situation 100% turned your life around. Like you were not the Sonia that I knew. Like everything that you did was different and you just took on a whole new energy and role in your being. So that's a lot. It was. And quite honestly, I think you killed it. But Oh, thank you. Well, well should I, I? No. Don't say that. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly, I think you did an amazing job handling that and also working on your healing through that at the same time. Thank you. And that was, that was one of the hardest things was what that experience did for me helping my brother and his family, it really brought up a ton of things that I thought I had healed from. Yeah. I mean, I was sure that I had healed so many things. And when you're in that type of a pressure cooker that is literally life and death, right? it really puts a perspective of, oh, I'm still upset about this. Like, If I can't let something go when someone else is in a life or death situation, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to have to deal with that. Because listen, I'm, I've always been a grudge holder. It's something that I do well at, Same. right? And this experience has changed my perspective on holding a grudge. Yeah, I've seen that in you. Mm-hmm. And don't get it twisted. There's a difference between holding a grudge and holding a boundary. True. Very mm-hmm. true. Right? So there will be people who may or may not listen, who say, well, I know that she's not talking to her mom right now. Yeah. She is holding a grudge. Let me say this. Whatever people outside of my experience see, they're allowed to see that. Yeah, absolutely. If they want to see that I'm holding a grudge, a thousand percent, they have the right and opportunity. They can see it that way. I know the difference. Yeah. Now, I didn't know the difference before Anthony passed, but I know the difference now. And I'm not holding a grudge, but I am holding a boundary. Yeah. A thousand million percent. And I feel confident in that. Good. And I think that's all that matters. You know, um, you have done a lot of work on that. And and you can see the perspective change in, in that relationship there. So... Um, I mean, either way, I always support you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting that, because there's a difference, right? There's a difference between being supportive and enabling. Yeah. Right? So one thing that I really cherish about a lot of my friendship, yours included, is we hype each other up when we need to be hyped up. And we 
call each other back to the light. Yes, we do. (laughs) When we're going too hard in the other direction. Like, you know what he said to me? He said that I was fat. And I'm like, hold Mm. on. Did he say you were fat? Or did he say we need to go get groceries? <laughs> he said I was a fat because we needed to get groceries. And I'm like, I don't. Wait a second. I let me first. Let me say I want to honor your experience of what was said. <laughs> Secondly, is there an opportunity to maybe clarify? All right. If he meant you were fat, or if he was just surprised that we needed to get more groceries. Absolutely. Right. Our group is very good with that. Yes. They, they will humble you in a heartbeat. Exactly. And they'll tell us, hey, you're going a little too hard on this. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Or, which I really appreciate, they'll say, well, Nicole's favorite thing, do you want to go toilet paper the house? (laughs) She does say that. Right? (laughs) And then when I'm like, you're being crazy. We're not going to toilet paper the house. She's like, but are you being crazy? Because you wanted to. And I'm like, shut up, Nicole. Nobody asked you. And she loves to toilet paper something. She does. She does. She <laughs> loves it. She's waiting for the day that I say, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> she knows we're not going to. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. The other thing that was super interesting was I didn't realize how good I was at pretending or how good I am at pretending to be okay. I think I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Everything was fine a lot. Everything was fine a lot. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're good. We're good. (laughs) And mostly it was because I was like, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. What I didn't realize was not showing that and not sharing that vulnerability was making me blow up in really not important circumstances but it was funny because then in circumstances where i should break down or like should be really emotional i wasn't yeah and i remember specifically we were on a call for our serve team for holy healing bali to go and participate and help with a retreat that was happening in june and i remember being on the zoom call And Anthony had to shower in my bathroom because um, he couldn't get upstairs. And so I'm on the Zoom call. We all have our pictures up. We're talking about everything. And I just hear Anthony crying in the shower. I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I had to just be on the Zoom call. Like... I had to be on the Zoom call and get through it. And I also didn't want to like embarrass him or, you know, he would talk to me if he needed to. Like we had a lot of good talks, but, you know, I was like, everything's fine. Like I'm, my focus right now is a serve team. I need to do this. And that call would have been the perfect opportunity to have that conversation. Yeah. Because those are my people. You know, this that's why we have those meetings to bring up anything that's going on so that we can be 100% there for the participants when they come on retreat. So I didn't do that. I texted Nicole on the side and um, just said, like, what do I do? Do I knock on the door? And she just said, let him come to you. You know, so and when he got out, he was fine. He got out, <laughs> squeegeed the shower because that was his thing. <laughs> Um, and we never talked about it and he never came to me about it. Yeah. The shower is always a, 
like a safe space and the water just is naturally like cleansing clearing what is it with i have my best breakdowns yeah in the shower it's that water, man. It's the water. Like, don't let Mary J. Blige, not going to cry, <laughs> come on when I'm in the shower. Because I'm going to cry. Because not only am I going to cry, I'm going <laughs> to sing like I am one of the backup singers on Mary J. Blige tour. You better. I get after it. Just don't fall. No, you know what? I bought a house. Tell me you did. And... I should you not because I fell out of a shower one time. Did I tell you that? You did, but um, I think you need to recap for the, <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> so I was in the shower at an old, when I lived with one of my old friends. And I remember the first time I showered there, I got into the shower and I was like, Whoa. and I like <laughs> slipped and I was like, this is a slippery ass shower and so i you know in the 80s we had those appliques yeah you know like the flower appliques yes but i was renting so i ended up getting a mat like a suction mat oh i hate those i know but the tub was real narrow so it just came up on the sides and so i almost tripped over it more oh because it was like way too big <laughs> it's too big so, so cut to, I'm in the slippery shower, but I have it under control. And there was a mosquito eater that got into the shower. Crane fly. Crane fly. And it looks like a dragonfly, except skinnier, yep. right? Like leaner. It's a fighting, it's a fighting dragonfly, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, oh, because I can't obviously shampoo my eyes and close my eye, or I can't shampoo my hair because I have to close my eyes. And then what if he lands on me? So, like, I can't live that life. So I was cupping my hands and throwing water up in the air at it. Did you get it? Well, oh, also, pertinent information for the story, my roommate's boyfriend was home. My roommate was not home, but my roommate's boyfriend was home. Okay. I... Cupping my hands, throwing the water. Cupping the hands, throwing my water. Well, cup my hands, throw the water. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I start slipping. <laughs> I see your body going down with the whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> That's what it was. And it was like four or five. It's like whoop, 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 whoop. Like it was a lot. But there's no traction. Like I can't fucking catch myself. So I start falling out of the shower i'm falling backwards and i'm falling into the shower curtain right well so i go to hold on to it but then i'm scared i'm gonna rip the shower curtain down (laughs) so i let it go (laughs) free falling and i know my boyfriend's or my roommate's boyfriend is home so i don't scream loud i go ah (laughs) have you seen anchorman (laughs) when she's in the trap with the bears (laughs) And he's all, don't scream. And she's like, ah, that was me. And now I'm I'm naked and I'm out of the shower. But my legs are still in the tub. There you go. So my body's outside the tub and my legs are inside the tub. And then I hear, you all right? I'm, like, I'm fine. 
because they didn't want you to come in and help me. No. Yeah, that would have been the worst. Oh my, it would have been the worst. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. So when I get, when I go to stand up, well, I can't stand up in the shower because right. my body's outside, but I can't stand up from the outside because my legs are inside. So I had to like drag my body outside oh. of it. The shower's still going. <laughs> I had to drag my body out and then get back into the shower. And then I just laughed and finish up and finish up. <laughs> it was so all of that to say, the first thing that I did was I went straight into the master bathroom when I bought this house and got barefoot and rubbed my feet on the tile because it's all tile in there. And I was like, oh no, not today, sir. Yeah. You need to make sure you have friction. And so I, and there's plenty of friction. Now there's no friction in the guest bathroom. So I will oh. only be bathing there you go. in said bathroom. Or you could buy little decal things, you know, like the old school. But do they have like more updated ones or is it still the pink flowers? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure Amazon has some updated ones. Yeah, I might have to look and yeah. see. But yeah. So all of that to say that was one of the first things that I looked at was what's the slip situation in this? And the, the tile is um, marble which is yeah. slippery so i always have shower shoes basically yeah. <laughs> wait you have shower shoes in your own shower with the friction no no oh, okay when i get out got it because i'm not gonna yes live that life yeah wet feet in that floor could you imagine whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> But wait, <laughs> I need to rewind. Did you even kill the crane fly? No, I. But I don't remember. I was so traumatized. Like, have you, <laughs> have you almost like skated death, and then after that you're all like yeah. jittery, <laughs> like you're like, like it's the after effects of the adrenaline. Yeah, you're like. So you, you I didn't even care. I was like, you know what? I almost died right now. Like, I don't even care where that crane fly is. I don't care if it gets soaked up in my hair. There you go. And I have to brush his little skeleton out no it was <laughs> horrifying and i mean it that was in 2010 we are 11 years out yeah and i'm still like <laughs> making sure <laughs> everything is okay well i'm glad you have friction in friction your new shower in my new shower yes. in my new house it's so cute i love my house i have to say i didn't know what the fuss was about about buying a place i i see what the fuss is about yeah and you were one who said you would never buy a house i know i did not want the responsibility Mm -mm. and now i love it yay so it's so exciting thank you what were we talking about yeah the shower man the shower is the, the place where it all happens and I remember I had my first real breakdown after Anthony passed in the shower. Yeah. So, and you know what was weird when I, not weird, but insightful, when I purchased this house, I literally, and even, actually, even before I bought it, and we were going through the buying process, mm-hmm. I saw myself grieving in this house. <sighs> Like I visually saw myself, I saw my furniture, I saw everything and I was grieving in this house. And as you know, it almost didn't happen, yeah. which I'll talk about at some point, but it almost didn't happen. And I was so confused because I thought I saw myself grieving in that house. Right. So note to self, trust God's plan. Even when it seems like something is not going to happen, 
keep trusting. Yeah, because I thought this was a done deal. Like, you were not going to get this house. And I was like, oh, It was sad. And then I got the call. I it, was like, yay. It was so sad. And it was, all. everything was happening. You know, I closed on the house 30 days before Anthony passed. Right. So it, we were in the thick of it, going through everything. Uh, so it was really interesting. But yes, crazy. Uh, so something else that kind of I had an epiphany about is, and I'm going to probably get emotional. Now that I said it, I probably won't get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Because if we'll you see. do, I might. Yeah, we, I might. <laughs> but... Only recently did I realize I have been preparing for Anthony's passing. Like, God has been preparing me for Anthony's passing my entire life. Explain more. Yeah. So, there we were, we were all praying for Anthony, right? right? Everybody, it felt like. And it was amazing. And I loved that. Like, it was awesome. And... My grandma and grandfather, my grandma and grandpa raised me, and my grandpa passed away when I was seven. He also died of cancer. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. No, I didn't think so. So he also passed of cancer, and it was very fast as well. Now, keep in mind, this is my seven-year-old brain remembering. Right. But again, because I'm speaking to my experiences, this is what I remember. This is what I recall. My grandma and I, by ourselves and sometimes with others, we would pray novenas by his bedside by my grandpa's bedside almost every night from the catholicstraightanswers.com website a novena is a nine-day period of private or public prayer to obtain special graces to implore special favors or make special petitions as the definition suggests the novena has always had more of a sense of urgency and neediness now back to the podcast and I was seven years old, kneeling next to his bed with my grandma, who she was religious, but she wasn't like church going. I think right. she believed in God and, you know, but yeah. So I remembered, oh, I've done this before. Like, I know how to pray for this. I know what to pray for. Right. And when we went to Mexico City for our uh, retreat, I purposefully got St. Jude rosaries because it is a patron saint of lost hope. And I remember praying novenas to St. Jude. Okay. So I brought rosaries back and, you know, but I was like, oh, I've done this before. I know how to pray for somebody in this way. And then I also have gone to many, many, many a funeral. Yep. And... In going to many, many, many a funeral, I have seen just about everything that you can imagine at a funeral. Like, there has been lots of things. I've seen people throw themselves on the casket. Uh, somebody I know passed out at my grandma's funeral. And it was at a church in Flagstaff, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So the church was real echoey. And you heard them hit the floor. Oh, that was crazy. Uh, and there were also like funny times too. Like I remember at my grandma's funeral, uh, 
I had gotten into a car accident right before she passed away. So I was in a boot for her funeral. I was for my grandma's too. Really? Yes. Oh my, see. That's crazy. Yeah. And I knew why it happened. I knew that God had slowed me down. And that's why I was basically injured for her funeral. But I remember sitting there and Alex, my youngest brother, walked in first and he kicked my boot because he was trying to get over me. And I was like, and then literally almost at the same time, Anthony was taking off his jacket and he slapped me in the face with his, with his sleeve. (laughs) And I was just like, taking a beating. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Like it was almost simultaneously. Like I was like, oh, ow, pow. Like I was like, oh my God. But you couldn't laugh. (laughs) Right. You couldn't laugh. You're in church. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous. And then I also had to give the eulogy. Well, not a eulogy, but I spoke at my grandma's funeral as well. And I remember I didn't for my great grandma's funeral. And I always regretted it. I always wished that I would have done one of the readings at her funeral. But I was so upset that I didn't want to do it. And then when it happened, I was like, I didn't want to do it. So when my sister-in-law said, do you want to say something? Do you feel called to say something? I said, please, yes, absolutely. Like, I wanted to speak at my brother's service. And it was because of that. Like, I knew what it was to regret not doing it. Yeah. Because I had already lived that. Um, and... Girl. <laughs> Are you crying? I am. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Are you crying? This is crazy. I'm just imagining you in your workout uniform up there. (laughs) Oh. It was the best. Yeah. I should probably read that. Sorry. No, that's okay. You can go on. (laughs) (laughs) See, let me tell you something. This is what's crazy to me, and I don't know if this is something I need to work out or... I don't know. But things like this, I should be emotional, right? Like, (laughs) but I'm not. Because it's just what it is I think I just accept it so while it's sad at some point it's also kind of like this is what it is I hear you and I also see in moments where you are emotional yeah and if I did not see those moments of you being emotional then I might say that's a problem um like, why isn't she crying? Why isn't she getting emotional? But I do see it. So I think it might kind of just be like situational. Time and place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, should I read his? Should oh, I read it? Why, why not? Hey, Anthony. So there were two things that I read. And I feel called to read them. So I'm going yeah, to. Let's do it. <laughs> Y'all can just fast forward through this part. If you this can. is not for you. Live your life. So his, va- his favorite Bible passage was Psalm 91. And he, this was everywhere for him. So he had it in the gym that he trained at. He was like diligent. So this, and this, this is the New Living Testament version, which is way more palatable than the King James version, I think. Those who live in the shelter of the, oh wait, can I pause really fast? Yeah. I, I'm sure. So... Because I have to, because I have to laugh about certain things. 
right? So that I don't lose it. Like, yeah. Humor is my go-to. Yes. I remember texting a couple of my friends and saying, when I read Psalm 91, should I read it? How Samuel L. Jackson says it in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to destroy or poison my brothers. <laughs> and they said no. Yeah, that one again. Yeah, they said, <laughs> they said don't do that. So I didn't. <laughs> and I'm not saying that the Bible is a joke. Nobody get upset. It right. just, like I said, sometimes I just need a little bit of humor to lighten the load. Yes. So, but that was, yeah, they said don't do that. So I said fine. I thought it'd be funny, but fine. <laughs> Uh, So here's Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I love that passage. And then, okay, you keep it together on this. I'll try. No promises, though. (laughs) Okay, and then this is what I wrote for his actual, what I wanted to say. You know what's funny? I didn't, look me in the eye. (laughs) You weren't even looking at me. You're like, I'm not going to look at her. (laughs) You know, when I was up there, I didn't feel like I needed to cry. And now just looking at it here, like with that, I feel a little bit like I want to cry. Good. So, so weird. It come. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> okay. This is so fitting. You're wearing a gray shirt and black pants. The same you have. Oh my God, I'm wearing almost the exact same thing that I wore for the service. Yeah. That's, like I said, hi, Anthony. Oh my gosh, that's weird. Okay. I had always pictured Anthony as a little brother for most of his life. Even when he grew to be a foot taller than me and my grandma was buying two gallons of milk and multiple loaves of bread and everything under the sun to feed him and Alex in high school. Little brother. Even when he moved to Phoenix and was working two jobs and trying to go to school. Little brother. When he met Shawnee and I found out she had a daughter, well, how is he going to take care of them? He's a little brother. I remember the moment, 
the very second I saw him as a man. It was when Shelby was running up to him, saying, Daddy, 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 and he swooped her up in his arms. That was when I saw him as a man. When he married Shawnee and had Terrence and found his career passion, he was a man. And in between all of that, he dedicated his life to Christ and made his own decision to be a man of God. After that day, he walked blindly and faithfully, knowing God had his back. And in turn, he had everyone else's. He always did. In Anthony's presence, you could guarantee you'd feel inspired and joyful. The words that immediately come to mind when I think of him, tenacity, inspiration, and joy. He was even inspiring and joyful when we were in the gym together, and he was yelling, one more, Sonia, one more. (laughs) And after one more, I immediately ran outside the gym because I was going to throw up. And even then, he was like, that's all right, Sonia, you can do it. You throw up, and you come back in when you're ready. Anthony was just a one more type of guy. One more rep, one more toy for the kids, one more donut, one more hug before you leave, and one more bun from Texas Roadhouse. And in my opinion, that one more mentality came from his belief, devotion, and dedication that all things are possible with Christ. So when he was diagnosed with cancer, he beat it, and he gave us one more trip around the sun for us to experience all of his joy. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for giving us one more. And when you feel like you can't make it, it's too heavy, or you don't have it in you, think of Anthony and all of this and all of his joy and do just one more. Thank you for doing that again. <laughs> no, seriously. I feel like it was important just for me to kind of say something about the evolution I saw in him. Yeah. Because I feel like it was overnight that he was my little brother. And then and then he was a man. Like it was so weird how that transition happened. Um, so that's what I really wanted to speak to. And I feel like I captured it in the way that it was for me anyway. So it was, so all that to say, like I, so I'd been prepared to say something, right? And then I kind of started thinking back, you know, when my sister-in-law had to tell the kids, when I was living with them, it was like an apartment attached to the house. It was really cool, like the little space. And I gave, you know, my sister-in-law the space so she could tell my niece and my nephew that Anthony had passed. And about, I don't know, I think this was 20 years or however long before that, I had been living with a family member. Mm -hmm. And they had to tell their son that their father had passed away and that child was about the same age as my niece and nephew and I remember the moment that they told their child because of how the child cried yeah and then that it happened the exact same way with my sister-in-law telling my niece and my nephew and I just remember like recently thanking God like thank you God for having all of that happen to me so that I could be prepared for this yeah because while I'm not grateful for the circumstances that happened obviously what I am grateful for is I was prepared yeah I remembered how to do that I remembered how to be there so I just felt grateful that 
I wasn't blindsided. Again, not grateful for the circumstances that caused it, but just grateful that I had some muscle memory of what to expect. Yeah. It gave you the opportunity, I think, to also hold more space for your family, you know, in that tough situation. Exactly. And realizing, like, this is not about me. This has nothing to do with me. Like, yes, I lost my brother. And I can allow space for what his family needs to be going through. And that's hard sometimes to not... I, I think for some people that might be hard to give that space because I'm his sister, I'm his yeah. mother, I'm his whatever. And in the grand scheme of things, you are, but there's time and space. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Yeah. It's like um, you're not that, you're still family, but you're not that immediate family that's, you know, there all the time. So it does, the the relationship aspect is a little bit different to where like, you can still be there. You can still be upset, you know, but just in a different capacity or just allow that space for something else. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's kind of the same thing with, with births, right? Like, absolutely. you know, you have a new baby and from what I've heard, there should be a time where it's just the mother, father and baby. Absolutely. Yeah. And people get offended. Well, I'm, the grandmother, why am I not in there? I'm the sister, why am I not in there? I'm who the father, why am I not? Like, I think people get really upset, but they don't... It's hurtful for them because they don't want to not be included. Right. When realistically, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean you're not included. We just are holding space in a different way. Yeah. So... Exact same. And it, you know what? Even the same for funerals. Mm-hmm. I have seen so much lately funerals where people don't have a service at all or they have a service just for specific family members and then they might have like a separate mass or celebration of life separate from the funeral i had that happen i had that happen where there was a service and it was for the immediate family and i had my feelings hurt about it I had my feelings hurt about and I had to sit back and realize like this does not mean that I'm not close to the family. It doesn't mean that I wasn't close to the person who passed. It just is allowing space. Yep. And I had to put my feelings aside about it because it wasn't about me. Yep. So and don't it's hard. There is healing that sometimes needs to happen there of like oh, absolutely. I was really upset that I wasn't invited. And I can be upset and sad and not make those people feel bad about it. Right. Because it's not their intention. Nobody's like, listen, they're not thinking about Sonia on that day. Well, well we didn't invite Sonia and she's really, really sad about it. We don't care. They don't care. Yeah. You know? And so I had to go and take that care of that with what we do on retreat with my therapist. Yeah. I was able to go and handle that. And move on to the next thing so even though I was upset and hurt I handled it and now I'm not upset and hurt anymore about it in fact I had forgotten it until you mentioned it oh 
And so, we're still good? Check and in. we're still good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> oh, my, no, I'm re-injured. Got to do it all over. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, something else that came about from this is, and this kind of goes back to the grudge thing, is, well, first of all, let me say this. I was not prepared for how many of my friends and well, I mean, family would be there. I was surprised at how many of my friends were there at Anthony's service. Really? Yes. I really, because he was my brother and you guys didn't know him. I mean, you knew him, but I mean, a lot of people didn't know him, but mm-hmm. they still showed up. And I was really surprised and touched by that. Mm-hmm. And because of my anger, and holding a grudge. Right. I missed that. I missed my brother's service. I missed all of the love that was there to support me because I was angry with someone who was there. Yeah. And for the first time in my entire life, literally, I can touch, feel, hear, and see how being angry and resentful with someone or a situation directly hurts me Yeah, and not them. There's that whole saying, you know, resentment or holding a grudge or anger is like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. I always thought that was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'm drinking the poison. It's my thing I'm to die. I was like, so it's kind of like, you know, last season when I was like, uh, like it's better to have loved and lost yeah. than not. And you know, I was like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and it was the same thing with that saying. I was like, that's dumb. I would never drink poison and expect somebody else to die. Right. No, that's exactly what I was doing. So it manifested in ways that costed me. Yeah. It costed me from being at my brother's service because I could not block out the energy that was emanating from this person. Right. I missed my brother's entire service. I missed all of my, I can't even remember who was there because I was so wrapped up in it. So if you were at the service and I didn't get to see you or I talked to you even for a second or I dumped all over you about this person, I am sorry. I'm genuinely sorry because that should have been the most perfect time to receive the love from people who knew me yeah, and who wanted to support and offer condolences for, you know, my brother and also to pay their respects, Right. So I totally missed out on that. Then I started having jaw pain, really, really bad jaw pain. And I had it for about eight weeks. And it's better now. It's much, much better. But I didn't realize how much I was clenching my jaw. Yeah. Just furious, angry. Like I've gained weight. Again, furious, angry. I am literally drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. Now, I'm not expecting anybody to die. Right. But I'm expecting somebody else to change. But I'm 
hurt. I'm like harming myself. And this was the first time that this has ever happened that I am cognizant of. I'm sure it happened before when I was holding grudges. Like, I totally think that. But this was the first time that I could like see it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was when I really just started thinking of, okay, am I holding a boundary or am I being mad? So what was your, like, I don't want to say determining factor because I don't really think there's a determining factor. Like, where was your, like, aha moment of seeing this is a grudge or, and, and being able to transition to a boundary? (laughs) If you want to talk about that. Interestingly enough, it wasn't what happened to me. I saw how someone else that I love was being treated and talked about and addressed Mm -hmm. and that's what made me see okay this isn't about me got it this is protecting my peace and the people that i love this is we need to have a separation here yeah where this person cannot have any access to any information about my life Because it will be used as a weapon later. Right. That's when I realized there needed to be a boundary. Where before that, I was limiting that person to speaking to me because I knew it hurt them. Oh, girl. Now, I know that sounds terrible. Did I consciously know it was hurting them? No. But I knew the desperation it was to want to get a hold of me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think boundaries are not something that that's not naturally taught. No. And it's like, oh, I'm mad or you know, something hurt me or whatever. And it's just for most people, I should say, commonplace to just like shut down or take away and not give. You know, so I it complete makes complete sense to kind of act that way and then being able to see it and say okay I am hurting this or trying to hurt this person by xyz and changing that yeah well and the other piece of that was when I had been hurt by this person so much yeah that I couldn't even really recognize the harm that was caused from their actions because I was used to it. Yeah. I was like, this is who they are and I'm supposed to respect them. So I just have to own up to it. It wasn't until I saw and heard what was being done by this person to people I love that I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. Got it. This is wrong. I'm not being a grudge holder. I'm not being ungrateful. I'm not being disrespectful this is a boundary for peace that I need to have. Now, am I ever going to talk to this person again? I don't know. But today, I'm not. And I feel 100% at peace with that. Here's the other thing. What I've learned from Anthony is just treat every situation and person that you encounter like it's the last time you're going to see them. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is like, 
a really sad way to be. Like, I totally get that that's sad that, you know, oh, I'm never going to see this person again. What if, you know, and I don't get it right a lot of the time. <laughs> no, I think it's positive. Okay, good. Yeah. Some people, I was talking to somebody else about it and they're like, that's kind of grim, Sonia. Like, oh, they might die. So you better be nice to them. No, just more so from the positive aspect of you want to leave someone with good thoughts of you or feeling something good about you in your presence. Exactly. Yes. And again, I think it's probably 50-50 right now for how I'm leaving people (laughs) sometimes. And I'm sorry about that. But if this person passed, I, I feel like I did everything that I could up to this point yeah and that's also what makes me feel like this is a boundary and not a grudge yeah I can see that I got that because I don't feel well I do still have some anger well I do still have some things that I'm working out in therapy and you know with coaches and all of those things well I'm still working that out what I know now in order to be able to work that out is space yeah I just need some space and I know that there's always a possibility that time could run out for either one of us. But for my peace today, I need the space. Yeah. And that's where we're at. And that's okay. And that's okay. And if anybody tries to tell me it's not okay, then I always say the same thing. Thank you so much for loving that person while I cannot right now. Oh, I like that. That's what I say. Thank you so much for loving that person while I cannot right now. Now, Does that really mean I don't love them? No, of course I love them. Right. But thank you for being there in a way that I can't right now. Because that's, and I'm truly grateful for it. I'm truly grateful that they are not alone. Yeah. That they have the support that they need. I'm really grateful for that because I can't offer it. And I don't want anybody to be without that. Yeah. So that's, you know, something that has really become present for me is... I need to stop hating cliches so much because the one that I fucking hate the most is the one that's going to show up the most. So I need to stop doing that. Um, And be as kind as I possibly can. Now, again, there's people probably listening right now like, I just saw that bitch on Tuesday and she was rude. (laughs) Rude. You're not lying. I was probably hungry or, you know, had a bad day at work. But I really do my best. Yeah. I really do my best to try to leave people in a way that I would never feel regretful about our last conversation or the last time I saw them. I think that's kind of good for anyone to hold on to. You know, I only met Anthony a few times. And every time that you left him, you just felt good about life. You felt good about yourself. You felt happy. He was just such a positive person. Right? Always. Always. And, you know, we would talk about that. You know, he'd be like, who are you mad at? Who are you mad at right now? (laughs) I'd be like, oh, you don't even know. The mailman? He didn't even get my address right. And he'd be like, really? The mailman? Like, that's what we're dealing with these days? Be like, you know what, Anthony? Now I have a problem with you. (laughs) So now not only do I have a problem with the mailman, I got a problem with you. And if I didn't have to lift this weight right now, I would leave, like, <laughs> but he was, you know, we grew up hard. Yeah. It was hard. And I hesitate even to say that, like I, I make myself so wrong all the time for saying we grew up hard because it feels like I'm disrespectful to my grandma who raised us. Right. And so 
I always have a hard time saying that. But now that yeah. I look at it and where I am in my life, it was hard. It was challenging. Like yeah. shit was real when we were growing up. And Anthony didn't hold on to any of it. Like none of it. I'd be, I'd say, well, don't you remember when A, B, C, D? And he would go, I don't remember. And I was like, well, I'm telling you it happened. He's like, well, I don't remember. So I don't have any feelings about it. And I was like, I don't know if that's healthy, but you know what? You're happy. So why am I going to take that away? Yeah. Like, why is it on me to come in and say, no, you should not be happy, Anthony. You should remember it and be angry and we'll do this together. We'll be mad together. Like brother and sister. Let me take you down a couple notches. (laughs) Be miserable like me. Be miserable like me. But he wasn't. And I, I would I would be like, well, how do you not hold on to it? He goes, just let it go. And I was like, oh, okay, Elsa, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> and we would joke like that all the time. But he would. He would say, Sonia, just let it go. What's it doing for you? Why are you holding on to this? Don't you want to think about other things? He would always tell me that. Just let it go. It's not worth it. Some stuff I can learn from. Yeah. And now... I hold on to it for a little bit, but I eventually let it go. <laughs> but you're working on it. <laughs> but I'm working on it. <laughs> Here, hold this. I'm going to carry this for a little while now. <laughs> hold my purse. All right. <laughs> so, uh, and then after he passed, you know, I moved into the new house, all of that. I started going to church. Yeah, you did. I did, right? I started going to church because here's the thing. Anthony's faith was, uh, I wish I had a better vocabulary. His faith was so inspiring that I I was like, I need to see what this Christian thing is about. (laughs) Like, I need to see what this is about. And the community that he had around him was literally the most amazing thing. And I've talked about a little bit before on previous podcasts, but honestly... The CrossFit community and the Christian community that Anthony had and his family had around him were the most caring, giving, selfless people. Yeah. I mean, we would not have made it if not for our family and all of them with the amount of support. It was insane. Uh, So I was like, I have to see what this is about. Like, how can I not? So I started going to church. And the church that we go to, they have a worship team where they sing. So they sing a song before we get started, and then they sing three songs at the end. Okay. Which is amazing. Because it's like a full band. I saw at the funeral. Yeah, at the funeral. They they were really good. Oh my gosh, so good. And some of the Jesus songs are a little bit jarring. Like... He was up on that cross and bled oh. for us. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, I mean, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't it. <laughs> and we don't take the name, the Lord's name in vain, which I have not mastered yet. Oh, sidebar conversation. I, when I was living with them, I said Jesus Christ a lot. Yeah. All the time. And so I would be like walking and I trip and I'd be like, Jesus Christ. And my sister was like, Sonia, don't say an Anthony too. Even the kids started telling me like, Sonia. So I stopped saying Jesus Christ. What do you say? I say, cabron. 
which is bad. I mean, it's a curse word in Spanish. (laughs) From UrbanDictionary.com, cabrón is a word in Spanish with many different meanings. The real meaning is the male goat, although in almost all Spanish-speaking countries, it would be a-hole, effer, and bitch. Now back to the podcast. So then when I trip, I'd be like, ay, cabrón. Or when some, I drop something, ay, cabrón. And I was like, wait a minute. And I told Anthony and Shani, I said, let me get this straight. You don't want me to say Jesus Christ, but you're okay with me being like, oh, bitch. Right. Like, and they were like, well, yeah, that's better. And I was like, okay, we're saying cabrón. Got it. But now I say it all the time. Yeah. So I replaced Jesus with Christ with cabrón. What do you say? What do you say when something happens? Do you oh, curse? Oh, shit. Okay, so you yeah. curse. Okay. I, maybe I just need to clean out my mouth. I'm going to ask my Christian friends, what do you guys say? <laughs> Did you say, I just need to clean out my mouth? Yeah, I just need to clean out my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so go from Jesus Christ to bitch. Just clean yeah. it out your mouth. <laughs> no, I, and then now I need to replace cabron. Oh, my, my nana used to say dag nabbit. But you're still cursing. Dag? Dag. Well, she means God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not in there. My grandma used to say son of a biscuit. There you go. But it's the same. It's the same as cursing. You say, oh man. Should I be like, should I be like, this is unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) Like if I trip, this was unfortunate. (laughs) Maybe I'll say that instead. Oh gosh. I, I, I. Right? Try it. I dropped Test something. It out. That was unfortunate. I'm going to try it. I, will it have the same effect, though? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, like, <laughs> if my paper fell right now, and I was like, that was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try it. I don't feel like I can test it out, because I'm just going to be right, <laughs> right back here to this conversation. Well, <laughs> I'm in the shower falling. This is unfortunate! <laughs> And make sure you're not with anyone because then you're like, this is unfortunate. (laughs) This is unfortunate. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to try it. Test it. And all thanks to my brother and sister-in-law who said, stop that right now. You need to report back. I'm going to report back on that was unfortunate. This was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. I'm going to use all the tenses. Okay. Test them out. I'll have to ask my Spanish-speaking friends how to say it was unfortunate, or that was unfortunate. Can't help you out there. I know. You me know. either. I don't speak Spanish. Okay. Um, so I started going to church, and like the songs are a little jarring sometimes, right? It's like, and Jesus was up on that cross. He died for you, like all of these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, clutching my pearls. Ay, Dios right. mío. <laughs> Not on the cross. Not Jesus on the cross. Cut to, we go to the Snoop Dogg concert. You did. Where? Oh, here's the other part. The singing. I can't bring myself to sing in church for some reason. I'm a little bit embarrassed. Do you you don't sing at all? Do you hum? Do you dance? I dance a little. I I dance a little because I feel it, right? Because I love music and I feel the songs. Like, I love the songs. So I feel it and I'm dancing. But I don't sing because I'm a little bit embarrassed. And there's other people who like praise. Like, they put their hands in the air and they're like feeling the holy spirit like they're feeling the music and i'm just like you know i'm embarrassed i can't do it and they have the words up so you can yes you can sing along 
it's karaoke. Yeah. You can absolutely sing along. And everybody at this church sings for the most part. Like, and even the men. Yeah. The men are singing. And there's women that sing on the worship team that they make me cry. I mean, their voice is just... And there, there's a new girl. She's like 16, I think. Oh, that's young. She sang a couple weeks ago, and I, my whole body got goosebumps when her, she started singing. I was like, oh my gosh. And I looked at my niece. I was like, I have goosebumps. Oh my gosh. I got goosebumps again just thinking about her. She's so good. So I'm like, oh, I'm embarrassed. I can't like raise my hands. Like I can't do that. Cut to, we go to the Snoop concert. I am singing the nastiest, dirtiest lyrics with my hands so far up in the air. I'm throwing up the Illuminati sign, like, oh. like, <laughs> you know, like too short. What's your favorite word? <laughs> Bitch! Like freaking yelling it. Not jarring lyrics. Jesus? Yeah. Jarring lyrics. Snoop Dogg? Not jarring lyrics. I need to reevaluate here. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm committed to singing at church. I'm like, I'm going to sing. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to sing at that church because I know the words now because now I, I have songs on my playlist from church because I love them sing. so much. Progress. Right. We get into that church. My song comes on. I know the words. I love this song. I open my mouth. Hysterically crying. <laughs> Can't even get... It's like Mary J. Blige, not going to cry in the shower, except no words, all tears. And I, for one year, it'll be almost one year that I've been going to this church, have yet to sing because I cannot open my mouth. I, I even tried humming the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. I put my arms out like... In the Catholic Church, peace be with you. Yeah. And also with you. You put your hands out. I did that, crying. I put my hands up. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't do it. <laughs> have, have you tried singing through the tears? I've tried. But I'm Rochelle. I have packets of tissue in my purse for church because I'm just weeping. Like, weeping. So it's like one of the little kid cries when you're like so tired and you need to take a nap, but you don't want to take a nap. So you're just snot running down. Yes. And then at the end of church, I get into my car. (laughs) (laughs) That's how hard I'm crying in church. Can't catch your breath. (laughs) And then you're done, right? Like after you get that, then you're done. Now you can take a deep breath and go on with your day. (laughs) And here's the thing. I can sing it in my car. I can sing it in the shower. I can sing it in the house. Today, before you got here, I was singing the song in the house. As soon as I get with all those people, weepy. And you know what's really cool about it? Nobody even looks at you. Yeah. Nobody's even checking for you. Nobody's like... So I had no reason to be embarrassed. Listen, I was embarrassed to raise my hands and sing. Imagine how I look crying hysterically. Yeah. <laughs> like, but nobody's checking for me. And if they are, they're happy for me. It's like going to the gym. It's like going to the gym. Yeah. Wait, why? Because you just go. No one's watching yeah, you. Nobody, you yeah. No one's worried. Nobody's like, worried. Do your thing. And and I think like when they see me crying, I think they're happy for me. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, she's feeling it. Like, she's present to how powerful this is. Like, it's so cool. And I really enjoy it. Now, are there tenets of the religion that I'm still 
grappling with in Mm -hmm. this day and age a thousand percent but something that i learned on retreat that has really inspired and helped me is take what resonates and leave what doesn't and that's what i do there are lots of things i disagree with and if i didn't go to church because of those things that i didn't agree with i would miss out on the love from those people that i get every single sunday that i go I would miss out on the worship and praise of those songs. I would miss out on family time yeah. that I get with my family because they're going. All because those particular things I don't agree with. I'd be punishing myself. Yeah. No one else is not going to go to church because I disagree with these things. So I take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And I heard another saying that was really cool too. It was take the meat and leave the bones. Take the meat, leave the bones. So, yeah, I had a little uh, come to Jesus, no pun intended, um, (laughs) about like being jarred by Jesus up on the cross lyrics, but not guess who's back in the mother effing house (laughs) with a fat D for your emmer effing mouth. Yeah, I need to get a hold of myself on that. And uh, I started dating again. Tell me all about it because I'm way so scared of all that. So Don't what's be, going on? You know what? What? First of all, let me say this. This is my experience of the situations that happened, first of all. Yes. Oh my God, it sounded like Lana or SVU for a second. Dun, dun. And then um, I'm also not going to give very specific details because I'm not trying to out anybody. Right. Right. But here's what I'll say as words of caution. If you meet a man through a friend of a friend, you still need to do your due diligence. Always. Always. Even if your friend is like, this is a really good guy, or you might, they might actually, they might not even say he's a good guy. He just might be in the circle because he was invited as an ancillary friend. Right. You need to do your due diligence. So you treat that person like you never met them and you do the background checks or whatever you need to do. And like Forrest Gump, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> it's just my little piece of advice from me to you. Check everything. Take this. Take this piece. Exactly. And I have met some really nice guys. Super nice. And what I have found to be true for me is when I am dating someone and they are interested, there is there is no doubt that they're into me. No, they call when they're supposed to. They preemptively tell me, hey, I'm going to be busy today, so I might not get to talk to you until this evening. It was it's so normal and communicative. It's a little bit scary. Yeah, because that's that has to be refreshing, number one, but like that's just not the norm. Well, I think it is the norm. Let me just say, I think it is the norm. I think it's how I'm showing up. Yeah, I can see that. I think that this is how men typically are. And I have just been showing up in a way that doesn't allow them to be that way. Now, again, healthy men. These yes. are healthy men, right? These are, it's a different type of man. It's after I did my due diligence. 
to make sure that yes. everything was par. But yeah, it was, and I will just tell you, now that I've experienced that with a few men now, that it's normal, I don't feel any urgency or pressure to lock anything down. Yeah. I feel like when the time is right, I will know who it is, it will be easy, and it has alleviated so much stress about, am I going to die alone? That's good. Yeah. You don't sound... No. I mean... <laughs> Your face was so like, I love that for you. <laughs> no, I'm just like, my mind is like so far from the dating world in that aspect where it's just like, I, you know, I don't even want to think about getting into it. It's like... <laughs> well, because yeah. you're just coming off a divorce. Yeah. How long has it been? Um... Legally, October of, not October, August of 2022. Okay. Um, but like fully separated, living in different places, it's been 13 months. So it's still a little fresh and I feel like I'm just now getting back into my body and myself to be, you know, it's too soon to be even thinking about that or. Right. What do you think, what are you looking for in order to be ready from your, like from your point of view, when do you feel like there will be a sign like, okay, this feels okay. I'm ready. Um, you know, I don't know. That's a great question. That's a lot to think about. Um, like right now, I think I'm just too focused on my health and my well being. To where it's like I feel like once I feel like I'm in a good spot, you know, I've dropped the weight from all the stress of divorce and um, I'm just happy again. And like, I don't feel like so heavy with my health physically and mentally, then I'll be set because, you know, just as we've learned, you want to be the person that you want to date. And I don't want to date someone that's dealing with health and mental stress and you know, all those issues. So I just want to be clear of that myself before I put myself out there. Which is um, very insightful because I think what would be easy is to uh, get into a relationship now to distract. Yeah. Right? Like, let me distract myself from all of this. So I love that your focus is you and getting yourself right and that was one of the biggest most awesome lessons that I learned on retreat and you know in the workshops and stuff that we did with Holy Healing Bali was I can't go out and be dating and say I want a b and c and I don't have a b and c <laughs> amen right and I was kind of <laughs> shocked honestly I was like oh shit right I didn't even realize I was over here like you can't smoke meanwhile I weigh 500 pounds <laughs> like get the fuck out of here like right. oh I can't smoke but you can eat that yeah, chocolate long john well yeah that's different i don't know why but it is yeah no it doesn't make any sense like and but but that's a hard look to take at oneself yeah like, it, it really is <laughs> like that's a hard look to and i remember when i heard it in the workshop i was like Imme- well, per usual, when in workshops, immediately defensive. Of course. You don't know my life. That's not me. Uh, no, uh, no, I was opposite. No, I do have this. I do have this. I do have that. 
but digga 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 but yeah digga. like no he can't smoke because that's not healthy well what about you you're overweight they, for the record they didn't say to me in the workshop right how can you this was me telling myself <laughs> but I was like well yeah but I'm overweight I'm not a smoker but both are unhealthy. Like I was finding in my mind ways to bypass yes. that. And then I was like, bitch, you can't bypass it. Like, <laughs> this is unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> Not Maxwell. Um, but yeah, like it was just, it was a hard look. So I'm so proud of you for doing that. That's amazing. And another cliche, but it's so true when you stop looking. Yeah. And, and, you know, while I was actively on dating sites, I, my intention for dating was to see what happens. And that's when these people kind of started falling into my life that were pretty, that were awesome people. We just didn't align on other things. That's even harder. You know, what's really hard is to like really like someone and they're a really good person and he's a really good guy and if you love them you have to let them go yeah because you're not aligned whatever it is sexually spiritually emotionally whatever it is but they're such a good guy yeah. that's it's hard that's a hard thing to do do you make them friends or are you just like no thanks i think every situation is different yeah. um but my own personal thing is if I didn't know you before as a friend, I don't know in a new relationship how like somebody would feel about, oh, and this was somebody I used to date, but now we're really good friends. I I don't know. (laughs) Like that's a thing. But also it's like, you know, if we didn't have anything in common that way, well, we might still be, we would still be friendly. We're still friendly. I'm friendly with these guys, but you know, how is that gonna develop? Like, I don't know. We haven't hung out after the fact. But we're friendly. Okay. Yeah, so it's been really interesting. But yeah, I don't... Ever since I met these these guys, like, I don't have any stress about meeting somebody. That's awesome. I really feel like I trust that God will put whoever needs to be in my life in my life. I, I, tr- I fully trust that now. So, and in the meantime, I'll be open to dating, you know, whoever and not whoever, due diligence. <laughs> I will be open to dating healthy men yes. in the meantime and being cognizant of like, what am I looking for? Yeah. If I don't see this going anywhere, let me move on to the next or release this so that the other thing can come to me. Yeah. So, cause that's the other problem. You kind of want to hang on. It is very easy to, right? So, yeah. Like my last thought- situation, you know. Yes. Um not so much dating, but just like, let's see. A gentleman asked for my number. I sh- I was like, "Why not?" I shared it. It was one of those things where it just did not work out. He's in a different state than me. Just there was no alignment with who we are. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm going to leave him alone. And it turns out he didn't text me or call me after after I said that. So it was just like, okay. But it's hard, right? But it's hard to like. I was. I was kind of oh. like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was unfortunate. 
because I was like 100% okay with it. Like I even told you, like I'm done with this, but yeah. But then when they don't text, yeah. (laughs) Same, same. Game recognizes game. Well, and that's the hard part because you're like, no, I'm so good. I'm so done. And then they don't text that like, hey, how's your day? Hey, good morning. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And then they do text you and you're like, wait, I don't want to talk to him anymore. Uh, The other thing I had a really cool lesson about was abundance versus scarcity. So (sighs) what I have come to realize is I need something to worry about. And I'm doing my best to break myself of this habit, but it's, it's hard. Like when you're in survival mode for most of your life, it's hard to not want to prepare yourself for the other shoe to drop. Yep. If I take an objective look at my life, (laughs) everything is fine. Like everything is fine. I have a secure job. I have a home. I have a car. I am fine. Everything's fine. But God forbid I should have one quick moment to have that bit of fine. I need something else to worry about. So my go-to now is money. I like to be real worried about money. Yes. I like to be real worried about being out on the street. <laughs> it's it's very unfortunate. But not in, on the street that way. Not on no. the track. No. I said the street. Well, no. Could you imagine? clarify. Rochelle. <laughs> I could not walk in heels for one night out. Do you think I could be a prostitute or a stripper? You just wear sandals, some dressy sandals with jewels. Nobody (laughs) is trying to pick up a prostitute in flats. And nobody's trying to see a stripper in flats on the stage. That's true. That is true. Come on. Have a little respect. (laughs) know these things (laughs) i've watched enough shows but so so i chose to worry about money so now i'm in a space of i am worried about money i am concerned about money i am fearful about money i don't have any i don't have any i don't have any guess what started happening you're not having money i didn't have any i started having the most weird expenses come up I had to shell out a thousand dollars one month for dog stuff that yeah. happened to come up. I had to shell out a grand or so for a vehicle, for my vehicle. There were just so many little bills that ended up coming up when I was in that conversation. It, oh, and then I like I forgot somehow to pay my gas bill, so then I got a double gas bill. Um, it was the weirdest thing, and finally I had to come to Jesus with you. And a few other people and even my therapist and I was like this is enough now I sat down I did a full-on budget and guess what you're fine I was fine <laughs> I was totally fine it seemed like you um it was kind of like on on a roller coaster like you'd be good and then like you know three months later you're like, oh, I have no money. I've got to sit and do my budget. And you're like, I'm good. Three months later, oh. <laughs> I got one. It was That's unfortunate. So, it, was, it was very unfortunate. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, oh, 
So then finally I was, I said, this is enough now. And then I had to start looking at other areas of my life. So guess where else I had all of these conversations about not having enough. I didn't have enough time at work. I was falling behind in my work because I didn't have enough time at work because I didn't have enough money. Now my money is in jeopardy because of my job because I'm not doing as well at work. Oh my gosh. Then (laughs) I started having that conversation around like eating. Then I was like eating more, which is weird because I was like, no, I'm not eating enough. I need to eat more. I need to eat more, which is weird. But that's what I was going through there. All of these other places, I didn't have enough. Yep. So it started to trickle everywhere. So then I had another, ah, (laughs) and I sat down and I said, enough is enough. And rather than doing my budget, I journaled and just said, I have enough. I listened to um, a beautiful chorus I have, I am everything. I can't remember the specific name of the song, but I listen to that every single morning and it's seven minutes long, (laughs) (laughs) but I would, I would, because I was like, this is enough. I, I can sit here and do my budget. Like you said, every three months and go through this every three months, or I can just take care of this now. What was so crazy is after I started doing that, I started having money come in randomly so first and foremost i got promoted yes you did and it was a significant pay raise and it was fucking awesome and then the deposit that i put down on my aps bill for which is electric my electric bill well guess what a year had passed so now i get all that money back so now i don't have an electric bill for a few months nice Then I got a check for, because I bought a new car, I got a check for the registration overpay. Look at that. Then I looked in my Apple card and I had Apple cash because I had spent money on my Apple credit card. So I had money Mm. on that that I hadn't seen. Then I go to Walgreens. I have $5 in rewards (laughs) that I hadn't used. And And this all happened. All of this money started flowing in. After I sat myself down, I didn't do the budget, and I changed my thinking. And then guess what happened at work? Tell me. I had lots of time. I had lots of time to do everything that I needed to do. Yeah, you've been killing it at work. I've been killing You know what? And I say this joking, but also have serious. If I look back on the last two years and everything that has happened, at least I did my fucking job. You did. <laughs> You did. You've had so much going on in your life. I mean, you have handled it like a boss. Thank you. You're welcome. And you've had moments of struggle, but like through all this, you have also grown in just like your healing space and working on things and looking at yourself through such a difficult time. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's the thing I feel like, if there's anything I could offer anyone from that experience is I had to learn this, which is indicative of my life and I've accepted it. I, I, I am in a space now to change it. But before this, I had to learn things the hard way. No, I just did because that was what resonated for me was things being hard. I'm no longer looking for lessons. I'm looking for blessings. Yeah. Like that's where I'm at. And I had to learn all of this and go through all of this by losing some of the most important people in my life. Not just Anthony, but also the living. Yeah. I've grieved a lot of the living 
for whatever reason. Not good, not bad. It's just what it is. People come in and out of our lives. But I've had to learn it the hard way. And what I'm committed to after Anthony's passing is I don't want to learn anything the hard way anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm really good at that. And if push comes to shove, I'm sure it will show up in that way. But now I'm committed to seeing things through blessings. That's what I want to see these lessons through. Yep. So, but yes, work above everything else. If I failed everywhere else, I did a goddamn good job. I mean, I lost it a couple times. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but I, damn it, I did my job and I can be happy about that. Yeah. Um, but it really, everything changed after all of those unexpected bills, which I had the money to pay, by the way. I'm leaving out the fact that I was never in a position where it was hit or miss or right. touch and go. Like, I'm going to lose my house. It, yeah. yeah, it was all my imagination. So I'm doing my best in these moments when I don't have anything to worry about. I do my best to stay in the present. And sometimes it literally is, and you've heard me say this, I say the date and the time and I say everything is fine yeah. right now on this day at this moment when I start to spiral and I start to think about this there's money in my account I go through the checklist there's money in the account everyone's alive no kids are kidnapped like I go through the list of things I want to worry about that are totally irrational <laughs> and as long as all those checkbox checks checkboxes are bought are checked we're good yeah like but it's a it's it's an exercise I have to do and I cannot wait for the day when I don't have to do that yeah but right now I do and that's even better than sitting there on the roller coaster with your hands in the air right you know I just don't care exactly yes so it has been so many things so many opportunities for growth so many areas where I feel confident and I look back on it and I'm like damn bitch you did that like you did that. You did a good and job. Yeah, bitch, you're doing a good job. Bitch, you're, you're doing, doing a good, good job. job. Like flashback, flashback real, flashback viral real. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like, you know, okay. Now we just move forward. So, typically we just say goodbye. Yeah. Right. Last season, you're just like okay, bye. Bye. What I want to leave people with is lessons for my grandma Tony. So I love me some grandma Tony. (laughs) So like I mentioned earlier, my grandma raised me. Her name was Tony, my grandma Tony. And she was just a gangster all the way around. Like I've told stories about her before and she just gave me a lot of really good lessons in life just in general. And I was like, what better way to kind of pass along this knowledge because like I said I don't have children you know my niece and my nephew I try to give them some of this but she was also a gangster so her lessons are just a little bit different (laughs) Um, and and that's okay and that's okay that's okay but yeah so she raised me from when I was a little baby and then she actually adopted me when I was seven so her and my grandpa raised me from you know together until I was seven and then he passed away and then it was me and her and then my brothers were born so then she was like raising all of us and lots of outside help from family and you know but um she passed away when I was 30 and at the time I was 
devastated obviously mm-hmm. like she was my soft space she was everything that I needed I mean she was my support she was everything and I look back on it now and she passed away at the best time because I needed to grow up mm. I needed to grow up like plain and simple that's just what it was and I depended on a lot I depended on her for a lot yeah like a ton of stuff and so while it was devastating I wouldn't take it I wouldn't take the time frame back because it's exactly what I needed to grow into who I am now so Got it. it took me a long time to get here <laughs> to to feel that appreciation but that's where I'm at now with it uh but and this is kind of you know where we were talking a little bit about Anthony too but lesson from grandma Tony don't leave mad like with people that you love and regardless of who made you mad don't leave mad and I'll tell you why so on Christmas I went up to Flagstaff and my mom her husband and my brothers were living with my grandma at the time and it was had snowed and I got into a fight with my mom and my brothers about shoveling snow oh shoveling snow Rochelle okay keep in mind I was sick when I was there for Christmas and I specifically remember being in bed I was all bundled up because my grandma was taking care of me and I physically even to this day remember when I was sleeping I had a fever and I remember her hand on my forehead like I can still feel it mm-hmm. and she was checking on me right and I was 30 years old like at this time <laughs> and I'm feeling better so I get in a big fight with my mom and my brothers and I leave right it's like the 26th I'm pissed and I'm like you know what I'm leaving and I leave and I talk to my grandma later and I say you know I'm like and at that time I was completely unhealed obviously and right. you know righteous and all the things and she was like, I'm really sad that you left early. And I was like, I know, but I just can't take it. Like, I can't take it. You shouldn't have to worry about the shoveling. Like, the boys are old enough. And, you know, my mom's there. Her husband's there. I don't understand it. So I was upset with other people. But I left my grandma. And on December 31st, New Year's Eve, I got in a car accident. My car was totaled. That was when I was in the boot. Me. And then she passed away on January 2nd. <sighs> And I was just like, oh, I had left her. I had left her mad at somebody else. I wasn't yeah. even mad at her. And guess who paid for it? You Me. I paid for it. <laughs> like, I didn't get to spend those last days with her. Right. I didn't get to have that moment with her. Like, all of that happened because I got up on my high, which was none of my business. What was going on with the house? And who should have been shoveling what? That was none of my business. That was for other people to hold a boundary and hold other people accountable for what they need. But per usual at that time in my life, it was my business. Which also another lesson from Grandma Tony in a later episode, it wasn't any of my business. (laughs) But it wasn't any of my business. My job was to be there and be with my family for Christmas. So I ended up punishing myself. So lesson from Grandma Tony indirectly don't leave mad and make sure you say goodbye to your loved ones 
whenever you're leaving any situation because you don't know. And I know it's a cliche and I know everybody says that, but you really don't know. It's a good lesson. Thank you, Grandma Tony. And thank you, Grandma Tony. So, well, thanks, Ro. Thanks for coming You're on welcome. the first episode of the second season. Woo-woo-woo. I feel so honored. Yay. <laughs> You'll be back for more. Hey. And yeah, I'm excited to start getting after it again. Podcast will be released on Mondays. I don't know when the next one will be. Hopefully very, very soon. But this was an anomaly to release on a Friday because, like I said, I wanted to honor this one year anniversary uh, in a productive way. So that's what we're doing. And we will see you soon again. Bye. Bye.